Hey guys, hey, it's Kelly Kalorn Ben Simone with Hey Guys, Hey. So you guys have been asking me a lot of questions on Instagram. I actually, they weren't really, they weren't unsolicited. I've, I've been asking you guys. I just wanted to know what you wanted to know from me. And so today we're going to ask a couple of questions um, and I'm going to answer them for you guys. So let's get started. All right. Hi. We have Josh Tepper, my executive assistant, excuse me, who is going to be asking the questions that you guys are always asking. Let's go. Okay. So I think the first thing that I noticed was, you know, Mother's Day just passed and you posted about Teddy and you did this really cute um, photo shoot with Teddy, but, but something that you put on your story was about your mother who passed away. And I know you mentioned it a lot in passing, like you say, you know, my mother fell ill and that's why I got into real estate. But I think as I've gotten to know you, I've learned a lot about your relationship with your mother. And I, and a lot of people have asked, well, tell me, let's hear about your mom. So I think you should share about your mom, who she was, your relationship. And, you know, because you're such a public person, but your parents lived in Rockford, Illinois, they were not public. So I think that's something you should share. Like who was Leslie Kalorn? Um, so my mother, um, her name was, was Leslie Bork. Um, and she married my father, Thomas Kaloran. Uh, she was one of five children. She was the oldest, um, raised in Rockford, Illinois. She was an incredibly brilliant woman. Uh, she was one of the first American Airlines stewardesses. She went to University of Illinois. She graduated from Loyola College and born in her class um, in marketing. She was really a pioneer. And, you know, uh, we don't really talk about women, you know, from that era, from um, the late 50s. And there were just so many women who some of them had the luxury of being able to go to college. Um, some of the women did not, but there were a lot of very, very, very smart women of that time that just didn't have a lot of opportunity. And, uh, my mother worked very, very hard in order to afford the luxury of going to college. So I really admire who she was, um, and who she means to me today. Um, it was, you know, difficult because she was a very attractive woman who was very, very smart. And, you know, she was a woman that was really born at the wrong time. Like if she were here today, I mean, you guys would all love her so much. I mean, she was just so dynamic. She was so brilliant. Um, she understood people. She was a really good listener. She was very mindful before people even knew about mindfulness. She took care of herself. Um, both internally and externally. She was a very unique woman. Um, and, you know, she was very, very, she pushed me really hard um, to kind of balance this really unusual dance of being a model and um, an academic. And, you know, she really, she and my father did not want me to um, put all my eggs in one basket, as my dad would say. Um, they were afraid that if I just started modeling that I would, you know, that basically the world would like eat me up and spit me out. And so they were super concerned by that. So they were adamant about my education, which, you know, in hindsight, you know, I'm like, I'm so grateful for that. But during the time, it was just very, very stressful for me to balance 
um, work and education. What do you value more now, do you think? Do you think the education part or the modeling experiences? Because they both shaped you so significantly. I mean, the traveling, the people you've met, but so did Columbia and going to Trinity. Which one do you think in the end of the day do you value most? You know, I think that people have total misconception. Actually, I don't think. I know that people have total misconception about models. They think that everything is just Instagram, that you're just sitting there, you know, with a, with a camera in front of you. You don't do anything, but just like posing and dancing and TikTok. And um, I think that people don't understand that the modeling and business is an incredibly lonely world. You know, you're constantly traveling all over the world. It's not like you're like, you know, moving to Paris and living there for six months. You're in Paris for two days. You're in London for a day. You come back to New York. You're in Santa Fe. You're in Mexico. You know, you're in um, L.A. You're all these different places. And I think I guess it seems really exotic because there's a lot of traveling involved. But when you're traveling by yourself and every single time that you go someplace, you're meeting someone new. Um, and a team that's new, um, and you're working with a team that's new who are looking at you for your physical image. I mean, you know, it's, it, it, I mean, it's, I've worked with some really, really great people in my career, and I was very, very lucky. Um, Did you have a Me Too mo movement, a moment with photographers, do you think, or photographers I, that were completely inappropriate? I had a couple of very inappropriate moments when I was younger. And, you know, I'm actually lucky that I had a really strong background. You know, I have a father that was very caring and a mother that was Did you fight back? strict. And I was really, you know, you know, it was it was it was a couple times. It was very, very, very upsetting. And it made me feel very insecure about my career, my own personal value. You know, was I was that not pretty enough? They just wanted to use me to to objectify me. Mm. Um, I think that that's something that's a very um, you know, I don't, it's not so common today, but it was very, very common when I was younger and it was really, really difficult. Um, so I you're also actually, you're in the, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a funny business because yeah. you know, people talk about like, you're in the entertainment business, the casting couch, you should know better. It's like, well, why, <laughs> why can't you just, you know, I was tall. I, you know, had all the credentials to be a successful model. I mm -hmm. was a successful model. So why do I all of a sudden have to be you know, objectified. I mean, photographers aren't objectified, you know, directors aren't objectified. Why all of a sudden, because I'm a talent, do I have to be the one that, you know, has to be objectified? So my question to you, because you're talking about modeling and everyone, it's for, it's um, glorified, it's glamorized. Do you, do you resent influencers now, people that really don't have the modeling credentials and are just posting and what it seems like getting gifted a lot of things and doing all these cool trips and just hitting the Instagram button. And and I know Naomi Campbell has sort of said a similar thing that it's not like what it was, what you're saying, this hard work, this is really an art form. Do you resent when you see basically girls that are not models and I'm not talking beauty, but do not, do not have that art form now being given all this stuff. And it's a lot easier. You know, you, you do it from your bedroom, you do an, you do a video and you're an influencer and then you're at the Met Gala. Does that bother you? I, you know, being, Use, uh, knowing how to use use a craft and be successful at it does not bother me. What I don't like is people who are on Instagram that are become, you know victimizing themselves and using that as a as a you know a way to um, reach out to you know people that are actually in really bad situations. I mean, I even know for myself when I was on Housewives and we talked about systematic bullying and you know when I was talking about systematic bullying. 
you know, people were like, systematic bullying doesn't exist. I'm like, well, it actually does exist because there's a lot of people on YouTube that are talking about being bullied. Well, for the um, listeners, can you define what systematic bullying is? I mean, I'm not a doctor, but systematic bullying is when you are constantly being triggered and attacked. And then love bombed. And then love bombed in a way, right? Well, not love bombed. There's no really love bomb. I mean, systematic bullying is just constantly, you're like, you know, it's when you're walking into school and there's that one or two people that are like, basically, you're not good enough for them and they want to make sure that they're going to attack you. And mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, they just, they don't feel good about themselves. So they want to go after you. I mean, it's really, that's really the mindset. Did you have that in school? I mean, I know on people saw it on television, but you didn't have it in school. I actually had it when I was in, when I was in grade school. I had it in grade school. Yes. I went to a public grade school for two years and I had it then, but I did not have it during my high school or my, my, my real formative years. I did not know. Okay. I went to a small high school. We were 20. Um, I mean, there weren't even enough kids to, to, you know, to bully, to bully, to team up and bully. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but, um, you know, I do have a lot of empathy for, you know, children who are in schools who are, you know, have, whether that's, you know, learning disabilities or learning issues or look different or think differently or different you know, interests, different interests, you know, anything that is not what's considered the norm. Like I don't, I've always, listen, Mark Jacobs always said like the most beautiful woman is the most unconventional woman. And I mean, we've seen that many, you know, we've seen that over and over and over again. I have a lot of empathy for those children, a lot of empathy. What would be your advice to those children to fight back, to ignore? You no, know, it's hard because like, you, you know, it's everyone's like, oh, just ignore them. And there's just so many things, you know, things people are saying like, oh, when there's a narcissist, this is how you're supposed to deal with it. And, you know, my father all my life was like, take the high road, take the high road, take the high road. And sometimes you just get, you just get like, overwhelmed and like it's just you just can't take the high road anymore and mm -hmm. sometimes you just want to lash out mm -hmm. and the irony is that when you do lash out or lash back you're the one that looks bad i was gonna say i read which a book which is ironic i read i read a there's never that moment there they're like yay you did it yeah. good for you it was like oh my gosh i can't believe she spoke up it's like okay well i'm supposed to just not speak up then i was reading your blog i was going through old blogs because we do this thing every sunday called retrospectives and i was looking for other types of retrospectives not just pictures of kelly with interesting people or events and i read one of your old blogs i thought it was really interesting and it, this resonated with me and you said the people that are bullied actually look like the bully and those that are bullies always always find a way to look innocent i thought that was really and it's, i think that was to your point that when you lash out Right. So you, because it's a buildup and then you, and then sometimes you, you know, so if you lash out, if someone goes after you and is triggering you and going after you and you lash out, you basically have done exactly what they want. Yeah. So, you know, that's why, that's why they say, take the high road. That's why everybody says, take the high road is because, you know, at the end of the day, that person, they're never going to see that person bullying you. They're only going to see your reaction, your reaction to an action. So you have two choices. You can build a strong community, a strong friend group, and use your friend group as a sounding board and tell them, I need help. I don't feel comfortable going into the situation with this person. I don't, you know, use your friends um, as your armor. Don't think that you can handle things by yourself because especially in those formative years with hormones. But what about and, the kid that like, has no friends? Let's say they're, they're having trouble making friends, they're alone. What's your advice to that kid? I can't find, I can't make that armor. You know, reach out to, um, you know, the schools and to the teachers and say, I need help. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying that you need help. Mm, and, um, you know, listen, kids can be mean. 
They can be, they can adults be, can be mean. Adults can be very mean, but kids can be very, very nasty. And, um, you know, I've had so many kids, young adults, um, young men and women pouring their hearts out to me on Instagram, telling me this is happening, that's happening. You know, they're going through all these different times in their life and all these things are, are affecting them and how to, how to deal with that. And I'm not a doctor. I just am a kind person who genuinely cares about the wellness of others. And what about the, like, like a devil's advocate, someone who sees you, you know, you're, you're, you stay in very good shape, you know, objectively, you're an attractive woman, you're well known, you're in, you're in New York, you're in the in group that is exclusive. So what do people say? Well, I don't have that. And your life is roses. And you know, you have all this cool clothing. What is what's your response to people that say, well, she has it all. So 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 she's being nice, but she doesn't know what we're going through. Well, how would you respond to that? But I'm not just being nice, because I genuinely care. Mm -hmm. And I mean, anyone that's ever met me knows that I sit and I listen. And I ask questions and I'm genuinely interested in other people, whether, wherever that is. I mean, I can literally talk to tissue. I mean, I am always in the elevator saying hello to people. If I like something, I'm complimenting them. You know, I really take a lot of pride in making people feel really good about themselves. It, it really, it's something that makes me feel good. Yeah, I like that. So then with you though, back to the, you know, the note, Kelly Ben Simone, I think a lot of the misconceptions, one of the biggest misconceptions about you is that people think you have it all and there's nothing lacking. You know, I think they see the glamour, they see the Daily Mail, they see the clothes, they see that you're pretty, they see the success of real estate business. But I don't think as I get to know you really how hard you work and you do deal with stress. You, your life is not perfect. You've dealt with a lot of dark things. So do you want to maybe share about things you have dealt with, how you've dealt with them? And it's not all roses. I mean, you have a good life, but it takes a lot of work. I mean, you you have the life that you want, you know, I mean, who's, who's deciding what people's lives are, whether they're good or bad. I mean, there's no, there's no barometer for a good life. Mm. I mean, just because if people have, you know, money does not buy you happiness and that's absolutely for sure. I mean, I, mean, I can tell you, I can name a lot of people who have a lot of money who are very unhappy. Um, and being pretty doesn't make you happy. You know, being successful doesn't Do make you happy. Do you feel pretty? Do I feel pretty? You know, I never thought of myself as attractive until Bradley Arian put extensions in my hair the night before I went to, to, uh, to Scary Island to St. John. That was the first That's... time in my entire life I felt pretty. So even though you were a model, you were just like, okay, I'm doing this, but you did not view yourself as an attractive human being. I didn't look at myself as an attractive human being, but it was also a different time. We weren't looking at Instagram. We weren't pouting our lips. We weren't overlining our lips we were so then why like, do you think you were, were no photos so why don't you think you were a model then if, if, if you didn't think yourself as attractive like what made you I think mean, I people told me that i was a model and i was photogenic so i mean my face is photogenic and you know i can wear clothes i'm tall i'm lean you know i can actually wear clothes um because there are tons of beautiful women that are not photogenic actually there are tons of really really beautiful who just just that, don't look good in, that, that they, that's why because can people now send instagram model model i once said to someone being a model means that you're photogenic it does not mean that you're pretty and it means you wear clothes and, mean, and it means you wear it's clothes not about, it's not necessarily about being pretty it's about being able to wear the clothes you need to be a hanger that's it like no one wants you to have boobs butt, whatever they want you to be a hanger and be able to to wear to wear the clothes um as a model as a celebrity they want you to be a personality. 
They want you, I mean, I wrote, I wrote a book called American Style. And it's all about the icons who wore the clothes, who made the designers famous. Like, I don't think Marilyn Monroe is a model. I think she was under, I think she's an attractive actress. She was a celebrity. She's a bombshell, but I wouldn't be, I, I would not call her a supermodel, but I think she's very pretty. She was not a supermodel. No, she was an actress. But very, very attractive, very sexy, but I would not be like, oh, that's a supermodel. A supermodel is someone who wears clothes. Yeah. So I, so, like I, so I think, but I think Instagram has ruined that because it's always like common model, model. And it's like, no, that's not, model does not mean you look good. Model means you're wearing clothes and the photos coming out, your face is whatever presenting well in that one millisecond. When you model for some, for Nima Marcus, you have, there's a certain size of clothes you have to fit into them. That's it. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no other, there's no, there's no excuse. There's no ands, ifs, buts. It's like you need to be a certain size. You need to be able to wear the clothes, and you need to, you know, have a certain kind of look that they are looking for, and that's it. It's not. There's no. There's no like, you know. There's there's nothing. Def, you know, there's no deformation. You have to be able to wear the clothes. Period. So then I have a question because you know you wrote the book. I know a lot of people don't know this. Kelly wrote a book called American Style, which was for Anna Wintour and it was for the Met, correct? It was for the Costume Institute. Costume Institute. At the, at the, yeah, at the at Metropolitan the Met. Museum of Art. So when you guys see the Met Ball, I actually wrote the book on American, American Style, Style for the Costume Institute. So on that note, you know, that sort of Vogue has been re- revisiting that topic. What are your thoughts? I mean, this is a very now controversial topic that Kim Kardashian wore Marilyn Monroe's Happy birthday, Mr. President's dress. What do you think of that since you studied this? So she is an American icon. Yes. And, you know, I thought she, I loved her hair. I thought she looked great. You know, did she, I mean, she looked great in the dress, but, you know, she looks so much better in like really body conscious clothing. And I kind of felt like this dress did a disservice to her in all honesty. But do you think it was more, I think people are upset. Like, do you think she shouldn't have taken that piece of history? Because it because it was soon after that Marilyn Monroe passed away, JFK was assassinated. We know they had an affair. It is part of a Mar- It's not just movie. It's like it became political. Do you think that dress, like Jackie O's blood-stained Chanel or Chanel-made suit, that when her husband was shot, it's sort of that level of it's coveted. Do you think it should it should have just stayed in the glass for people to see? Do you think she should have put it on? I think that if it was if it was that coveted, it should say, it should have stayed in the glass and it should be in a in a in a museum and it shouldn't be sold to you know private people mm. and it has been it's i mean i've known many people who have owned it so you know it is one of those collector's items just like picasso just like a basquiat it's a you know collector's item because you know jackie's suit is in a room temperature it is in a room temperature room in washington dc and it's just locked like nobody's and it has blood on it and everything and no one's i think it's coming out in the next five years wow but it's like, that is not, that's like in a room, it has a certain error and nobody touches it. I mean, I think that that was a really bold statement of her. And I think that's something that's like very Kardashian to do to make these bold statements, which is, I think, really great to be honest with you. I mean, you know, they've really brought so much love and interest back to the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, look with all the Balmain that they wore, they really brought Mugler, Balmain back. Mugler. Mugler, I mean, Mugler, like, I mean, that was just incredible. They've really brought a lot of those iconic brands. Their, val- their love for Valentino, a lot, right. Adesina Alaya. Yeah, their love for Mr. Alaya, Mr. Valentino. I mean, they've really brought a lot of love to that world. And, you know, I, love wearing beautiful clothes. I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't. I mean, I've had the honor of wearing beautiful clothes and it has been incredible. But, you know, the other day I went to the Robin Hood event 
And a friend of mine said, oh, what are you going to wear? How long is it going to take you to get dressed? I'm like, it takes me 30 minutes to get my hair blown out, put the dress on, put my shoes on and go. I just, you know, for me, going to those events, it's all about the event. I mean, it's nice that I get photographed and I really appreciate that. But for me, it's about being able to be at the event and to be able to um, understand the narrative of the charity events and really kind of you know talk to the people that are involved. And I mean, I, that's why I really like to go to those events. It's for the cause. It's for the cause. I've always been like that. When I was on Housewives, I was like, if this, if we're not really supporting the cause, like people just love to, people used to, when I was, you know, started in the industry, I used to have to go for my ex-husband all the time because he was always traveling. And so I would literally go to events five, six times a week. And people didn't necessarily want to talk to me. They wanted, I was taking my ex-husband's seat. You know, they were just, I was just sitting there. And then you know, they actually realized that I was interested in them and everyone always wanted to sit next to me and, you know, be around me because, you know, I was fun and I really enjoyed being with them. Did I really like sitting in a dress? Not so much. But did I love hanging out with all these different people and, you know, celebrating everything they love to do? I love that. Hmm. Uh, it's I, a different perspective. I like that. Yeah. But you said something interesting to me the other, about yesterday, is that you were saying, you know, well, well red carpets are fun, but not always what they seem. Well, I mean, a red carpet is just a, it's just a, you know, a, a, like a hallway that you're walking on. Um, there's a lot of people who are taking your photos and it's, it's, it's not like you're standing there in a photo shoot and someone's saying, move to your left, move to your right, you know, help us, you know, get to this angle. You've got a lot of different photographers and they can take any photo that they want. They can take a photo of you moving your hair away. They can take a photo of your dress unzip. They can really take whatever they want. And, you know, I know basically what to do. I mean, I don't move around. I just walk, stand, smile. You know, I usually say hello to all the photographers because I've known them for so many years. So I'm always, you know, when I see them, I always say hello to them, call them by name, um, you know, try to thank them for what they're doing because I appreciate, I mean, as much, you know, as we're there for the same reason, but um, it's not what people think. It's not this like big glamorous moment. I mean, it's, it's work. It's like they're, we're there to, they're there to get my photo and I'm there to give them the photo. Have you ever gone home from like an event and just been like, oh, I'm going to see a Getty and been like, I hate that photo. I don't like the way that looks. I'm really upset. That's how it came out or not really. You know, I didn't really realize, but you know, all these, you know, Getty images and wire image. I didn't realize that until I, I was, I, when I wrote the bikini book, um, my publicist was like, oh, you're on Getty, you're on this, you're on that. I didn't even, understand. I didn't even you know. Had no idea. I didn't have any idea. Um, and so I, you know, found out that I was on all these things and, um, that doesn't bother me. No. What does no. bother me is that I'll be somewhere and someone will take a picture of me and make me like look not good. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like, like, why would you take a picture and try to add cellulite to my legs? I don't have cellulite, but thank you. Or like, choose like a bad angle. Or try to choose a bad angle. Or like when I'm running and it's really sunny and they're trying to like and it's in your like sweating. <laughs> and you're sweating. But at the same time, okay. you know, again, I, we're both there for the same job. You know, there I'm I'm the content creator and they are photographing the content. So I you know I understand the machine. And I, you know, try to do the best that I can for everybody, but I'm also human mm -hmm. and I make a lot of mistakes and I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't, um, I'm human.
and I'm 54 years old. I'm not 20. So, you know, if I am not perfect all the time, you know, I'm not going to apologize for it. But I mean, I also understand like who I am. And the it, one time yeah. that I got really upset, it's not about never, it's, I mean, I, for myself, like, yeah. I'm like, okay, take a photo. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I always say thank you always. But what, what bothered me one time is I was in the Hamptons and my youngest daughter and I had just come back from um, quarantining in Palm Beach and um, someone had made a, a comment about my youngest daughter and that I was very, very, very skinny at the time. And um, I was very upset that they made a comment about my daughter and I just- About her body? About her body. And I just thought that was really- you know, not nice. It was and on Instagram or on or on in, in an article. It was in an article, and I just thought that was really unkind. And listen, you know, I was on one of the most unkind television programs of all time, and you know, I've had to like you know swallow listening to people say mean things to me and wake up to mean things to me every single day. And but I mean, and you know what? Like I learned quickly: say whatever you want about me but my kids are off. They're not, they're not for, for public consumption like that. They're just, they're unavailable. Mm. Unless you want to celebrate, you know, how great they're doing, like how great C is doing with her new job or how great Teddy is doing, you know, in college. Like I'm, I would, I love to, you know, celebrate what my girls are doing, but I don't think it's fair to judge them because they are young girls, you know, during their formative years. That's right. So another question we've got on a different topic is Amazon. So you have been posting your storefront picks, your your picks. So what do you want to say about this new Amazon venture, your storefront, this partnership, influencer? So a friend of mine who I've known for a long time works at Amazon. And she was just like, Kelly, she's like, you know, you are one of the ultimate influencers with, you know, how you live and how you dress. And, you know, we, I really want you to work with us at Amazon. And so I was like, sure. I mean, I buy things from Amazon all day long. What I didn't realize is that there's so many things on Amazon that are so incredible. Um, I mean, I was looking for things for my daughter's, um, her, my daughter's college dorm. And, you know, I bought her a couch. I bought her a table. I bought her um duvets i bought her underwear i bought her i bought workout clothes during covid when i was in covid and um i had like literally i was upstairs in my bedroom and it was you know middle of summer scorching hot and um i you know didn't want to glamorize that i had covid so i just kept my kept it quiet to myself for 14 days and just working and studying for real estate and just doing, you know, just doing everything that I was supposed to be doing and just keeping to myself. And so Amazon was my best friend and I bought some really fun workout clothes on Amazon. And I now have found so many cool Charles and Fluffy. Charles and Fluffy. Charles and Fluffy. Here's my beautiful dog, Um, So I found so many Charles and Fluffy. No, no. No, no. Um, so I found so many cool things on Amazon that I'm having so, so much fun sharing with you. And instead of just like throwing things up on my Instagram, like buy this, there's so many things that I purchased from Amazon Something that like I want you guys to buy. And because 
they are so great. And I've always had the mindset that, you know, we, you know, we're, we're always forecasting and trend setting for you guys. And so, you know, it, it's not just about what you're wearing, it's about how you live. And especially during COVID, you know, the narratives changed so much and how we live is so important to everyone. And how I, how I live has always been important to me and to my girls. And so it's just really fun for me to now have this amazing platform like Amazon, where I can show you everything from the latest version of a handbag to, you know, my new broccoli. favorite carrots, <laughs> yeah. to my, to broccoli. Carrots, whatever. Beauty products, whatever it is. There's just so many great things. And then before we go, before Hey hey Guys Hey comes to a close, what is KKB doing this summer? Everybody wants to know. What am I doing this summer? Honestly, you guys, I mean, I don't really know if you know, like I do work a lot. Um, the podcast I love to do. I love, I love interviewing all these different people for you guys, all these game changers. It's just so exciting for me to learn about them. You know, real estate is being is such a big part of my life. I now have a team of nine. Um, we work in New York, the Hamptons, Florida, Miami, um, Palm Beach. Um, I work in Paris and I also work in London with Knight Frank. Um, and I'm just very excited about all the new opportunities that I'm working on. And, you know, just, you know, I'm not selling, you know, four walls, I'm selling a home and I, you know, I've had such an incredible time finding the most beautiful properties for my clients. And it's just, I'm, I literally, I'm, I'm, I've never been happier in my life. That's great. Keep working hard. We're Thank you. Busy. You guys keep, keep listening and keep asking me all these different questions because, you know, I love learning from 